0: By no one's demand but our own, and from our home office here in not so sunny, beautiful, scenic, quarantined Elizabeth Park, Nashville, Tennessee. It is the 615 Sessions Podcast, powered by Tennessee Tickets. Brought to you as always by A to Z Sports and A to Z SportsNashville.com. Buck Rising, happy to be back here with you for another week of potting ahead we have a great conversation a training camp preview with the great one himself jim wyatt of tennesseetitans.com jimmy joins the show we're going to talk about some position battles some position previews with training camp set to open for the titans on july the 28th they start to filter in today as you're hearing this podcast on Thursday. We talk about backup quarterbacks, edge rushers, how we plan to cover this team in the midst of a global pandemic, given that our access will be much different. And also, why the hell Jim Wyatt has just now followed me on Twitter after five years of knowing each other. We have much shame to bring to Jimmy, although he does not do much in the way of deserving it. All of that ahead on today's 615 Sessions. Back here, 615 Sessions Podcast, A to Z Sports, A to Z SportsNashville.com. The great one joins us on the pod today from his front porch, sitting luxuriously in his wicker chair. It is Jimmy Wyatt of t- TennesseeTitans.com, since the URL has been changed. Of course, senior writer and reporter for. The team, Jimmy, it is spectacular to see you. It's unfortunate that we have to do so digitally, but we might as well get used to this, bud, because it's going to be like this for a while.
1: That's right. I hope you're doing well, Buck. Yeah, this is the new world we're living in. I have a feeling training camp the season. We're going to be having a lot of Zoom calls together. Uh, Hopefully, we'll see each other at some training camp practices as well, but it's a new world, and uh, you always seem to adapt pretty well. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: listen. I, uh, <laughs> by any str- I haven't put pants on in the better part of uh, probably three weeks at this point, Jimmy. So adaptation, a- adaptation is easy when I uh, when I am forced to uh, forced to keep things to the bare minimum. Um, we start in the obvious place with Jim Wyatt, noted Dodgers fan. Mookie bets three hundred fifty million dollar deal. You
1: pumped? I've not seen the numbers yet. That's news to me. I knew that a massive deal was imminent. Uh, you know, the the thought I. I continue to have as this uh, off-season's gone on is the Dodgers were to acquire Mookie Betts. He might never play in a game. And then no. uh, as I was watching the exhibition game last night against the Angels. It was great to see him in a uniform, and now it's even better to know he's going to be there for a uh, long term. So as a Dodger fan, I'm excited. I'm excited about the season finally starting, and I'm excited about a Nashville uh, guy who went to high school right down the street from me at Overton. Is going to be repping the Dodger blue, so it's it's an exciting time for me as a Dodger fan and as a as a Mookie Betts fan.
0: You can't let these people know where you live, Jimmy. They'll show up at your at your house with visors and pencils in them. You, this is
1: like a cult. <laughs> hey, I'll take them. If, if somebody wants to leave some free visors and pencils uh, at, at my front door, that's great. You know, I was allowed to go back in the facility uh, this past weekend for the first time since March, and one of the first things I did uh, grab a, a box of of pencils, uh, because I was running thin, you know, it was cheap, obviously trying not to buy my own. I had some in my, uh, in my desk at the office. So I grabbed some pencils, grab some notepads, grab some batteries, and I'm uh, I'm restocked at least for a little while. Okay,
0: so we have confirmation that Jimmy Wyatt is stealing supplies from the team <laughs> facilities. We will report this to the uh, to the necessary authorities immediately. We're going to preview Titans training camp. Obviously, they will start filtering back into the facility as you hear this podcast on Thursday training camp set to take place on the 28th. All the social distance protocols will be put into place. We don't know exactly what that'll look like, but we have some estimation. We have a lot of Titans things to discuss. Plus, I'm going to uh, I'm going to ask Jimmy about baseball at large because we are just now getting to the point where we will have baseball on the 23rd. And you are one of the few diehard baseball fans that I know that I imagine were probably upset with the way that all went down. But we'll talk about that much later on. You have position battles up, uh, or not position battles, position previews up at TennesseeTitans.com, of course, the information that people need to know about the team starting to filter back in to the facility. We, we, uh, I don't know what anybody's expectations are at this point, Jimmy, but when you, when you look at a season, an offseason unlike any other, with understanding what the restrictions have been on you personally within your own job, what do you kind of expect – this week and the next 10 days to look like for yourself and the team?
1: Well, I mean, I think as far as camp goes and what we've been used to, I mean, a lot of times, every every time, I mean, since I've been covering the team since 1999, you've got a reporting date and then usually the next day, if not the day after that, players are on the field practicing. And then a couple of days in, you know, they're in full pads and, you know, going through goal line drills uh, on a lot of those years. This is a hurry up and wait situation. So uh, we're gonna have players reporting uh, as early as Thursday, that's quarterbacks, that's rookies, that's players who were injured last year. The rest of the team is gonna show up on Tuesday, but at the start it's gonna be all testing and you're gonna have to pass a certain number of tests and protocols to be allowed in the building. Uh, and then it's going to be a lot of conditioning work, and it's going to be the middle of August before players are really doing drills, from my understanding, unless things change. So I've stockpiled a lot of things throughout the course of this offseason. I've continued to try to write just to keep the website fresh, and I'm holding on to stuff uh, just to help with some of these months in in the first couple weeks in August uh, when it's still going to be – uh, we're going to be limited for our, from our standpoint just how much we're going to see and how much we're, access we're going to have because, you know, again, we're going to continue to do, pre, you know, interviews with players via Zoom. It's not going to be a run through the locker room uh, like we've had in previous years. Thank you. And we got UPS delivering. That's the beauty of sitting on the front porch here, Buck. you got UPS- <laughs> Delivering here in real time. So, does he
0: have any thoughts on the Titans' training camp uh, beginning next <laughs> week?
1: Well, it might be some visors and pencils being dropped off.
0: Yes, we oh, are stocking up for the bag. season.
1: Yes. Indeed. So it's uh, you know, it, so it, it's going to be different. And know, uh, I'm excited about you know players reporting. I'm excited about the season getting closer. But it's a different feel, I think, for everybody because there's some anxiety here as we get closer. The things getting started and you really just don't know what's gonna look like you got to keep your fingers crossed that the testing turns out okay and we don't have a lot of issues
0: yeah I and just just from like a professional standpoint and I you know I think people like inside baseball every once in a while when it comes to media stuff like we're we're talking about this we're talking about this amongst ourselves the other day and I'm thinking Jimmy finding stories out of conditioning when there's no real one-on-one, like, this is going to suck. And I defer to you <laughs> in all things because you, my friend, are a wizard in terms of finding 10 lists with six things that you took from each respective Zoom call that we've been on. But I just, I struggle with, you know, how we're all going to avoid writing about the same stuff, talking about the same stuff, because all of our access will be – and. Not that all, all of our access isn't the same under normal circumstances, but just the the variance is going to be so much less because we're all, for lack of a better term, feeding at the same trough. There, there's no other way to do it. I understand these. These are very small small quibbles to have. But how how, as fans, are you going to be able to consume all of the things that you would normally get during the course of a football season when all of our coverage, for the most part, is going to be very – similar
1: well i mean the reality is you know the the most you'll be able to get from some of these training camp practices will be practice reports because because you're right i mean that's the frustrating part thing about the zoom calls and and i love the access love you know getting updates on players but it's different than walking in that locker room and all of us kind of going in different directions. You obviously have some guys who draw a crowd. You you touch base with them. But but then I think all of us kind of roam and, and look for stories that other people are not doing i work for the team. I'm not going to be allowed in that locker room either. It's not like I have special access. You know, this is a different time. Except and, the pencils
0: and notepads that you've been yeah, – uh, That's right. By <laughs> your own admission stealing. So we will address that later.
1: So I'm going to try to make the most of these practice reports. I mean, we're not, fans are not going to be allowed at practices this year. So uh, you're going to have to do your best to get information out of those. I saw guidelines from the NFL that are really going to restrict – what you're able to even write off of these practice reports. I mean, we're always somewhat handcuffed, uh, and, and I get it because you don't want to have a give away a competitive advantage, but uh, you're going to be handcuffed from the league this time. These are rules that everybody is going to have to abide by, so that's going to restrict you. And, you know, we're not going to – nothing's officially – been done yet? But I, I fully expect what we've seen here in the last 24 hours is that roster cuts from 90 to 80 are going to take away the underdog stories. I mean, some of these guys that uh, that are battling for roster spots at least are intriguing stories for a couple of weeks in camp. They're they're going to go away because those guys are are uh, it's going to be thinned out so much. So it's going to be a challenge, and August is going to be a long month. I mean the the, the Preseason, I think we could all we could debate the value of that. And uh, and obviously, when you've got games and starters aren't playing, you know, and, and some of these games are turning to yawners in the second half, they at least give you some storylines, whether it's the offense playing a couple of series or the defense playing a couple of series or some guys staying out. Without preseason games, without joint practices, you know, you're gonna have a tough time gauging really what things are looking like, especially if you don't get many peaks into practice.
0: Well, and I have that specifically written down. Thank you for being more of a professional than me, Jimmy, and transitioning to the next subject. I have it specifically uh, written down. How pissed is Jimmy going to be that rosters are getting cut from 90 to 80? That means you'll have that many less UDFA breakout candidates to choose from. No Jordan, (laughs) no Kalfani, Muhammad, the hell.
1: I've already done – I think I'm five of 11 into my previews and just a way to try to, uh, to extend, you know, material that I have to work with. That was up until yesterday. Uh, I was doing first in a series of 10, second in a series of 10, as I was realizing we're not going to have a lot to write about until August. I've, I've separated inside bikers and outside bikers to give that preview a series of 11 instead of 10 uh and a lot of these that I've done I've done five so far I realize I'm gonna have to go back and and omit guys that are listed as in camp and as players to watch like Mason Kinsey the the receiver I I don't know what's gonna happen as far as who's not gonna make it but you're gonna have some undrafted guys that I initially listed in the receiver report that are that are not gonna be on the team and uh Unfortunately for them, they're 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 not going to get a chance to really make a name for themselves. Not going to get a chance to be seen, and uh, that's the that's the sad part of of what those guys are dealing with. Are really when you have you know 320 players are going to be out of a job here soon.
0: Well, and that's uh, that's that's part of the the tragedy of all. I mean, you know, there are much bigger issues going on in society and the world at large given the global pandemic, but like they're already at 87 in terms of roster count. Seven guys are going to lose their job before tra- training camp realistically even begins if we, are, uh, if we are to stick by these reports that camp uh, rosters will be at 80 players as opposed to the normal 90. It's a very, very difficult uh, situation to navigate and si- still with days to go at this point, it's having some of these teams having already reported in the Texans and the Chiefs, and a lot of questions left unanswered, we will see how that plays out over the next couple weeks. Now, the people want actual football talk, Jimmy. We can't just sit here and and bemoan the state of current media, although I do have some, like, legitimate media questions for you later on. When you look at the positions that the Titans have, the depth that at each of the positions, as you work through your position previews at J. Wyatt Sports, TennesseeTitans.com is where you can read them, of course. The thing – that I'm sure you get questioned about most consistently in your mailbag. The question that I seem to receive the most is about the wide receiver position and whether enough depth exists there. We know who the top three are and Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, and Adam Humphreys, but Tajay Sharp being able to play all three of those positions, maybe not seamlessly, but in a way that they really didn't have to worry about, you have some pieces in Kalfani, or excuse me, not Kalfani Muhammad, Khalif Raymond and Cam Batson, who we have not seen for some time, dislocating his shoulder last year in training camp. What do you what is your evaluation of the current wide receiver room that the Titans have?
1: Well, I, I think the battle's gonna come down. I, I think we all agree AJ Brown, Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys on this team. I give, you know, I give Raymond the edge over Batson. And I can't help but wonder if if instead of having both those guys make it, that it's either one or the other. I mean, they're similar size. They do similar things. They both are used in the return game. Uh, so if I give Raymond the edge to, at number four, then where does the fifth spot come from? You know, Cody Hollister, who, who stuck around all last season, got some opportunities. Uh, again, one of these undrafted free agents had a chance. I still think one of them can compete. But – um, I, I, I can't help but wonder myself if that's a position where, you know, the GM is looking at the waiver wire, looking to see who else is out there, and you potentially make a move there. The, the head coach and the general manager at this point want to see what they have. There's a lot of positions that I look at on this team and think, okay, I can see a veteran added here. I can see a, you know, somebody picked up off the waiver of wire there. But what they need to see first and this includes the backup quarterback spot, uh, where you're going to have Logan Woodside and Cole McDonough go at They want to see these guys compete to know what they have, and then they want to decide: okay, where do we need help? Where do we need to upgrade this team? Where do we need to protect ourselves a little bit? Um, and I think I think the receiver position is a perfect example of that. But first, you got to see what you got.
0: Right, and that's you know that's another thing that struck me the other day. These these fans, uh, Titans fans, they may not see Cole McDonald in 2020 like yep. there no preseason no no uh open practices for them outside of the uh, outside. and I tr- and I trust you to get the best possible video at the open practices whatever <laughs> they look like of Cole McDonald at JY Sports on the socials is where you can follow Jimmy backup quarterback stands out to me in a big way now maybe it's not fair of me to downplay what Logan Woodside seems to mean to them. They obviously value him in some form or fashion. They would not have taken such great lengths as to put him on practice squad IR. Uh, and to keep him around, obviously, they felt that somebody might find a way to add him. Uh, and they they are citing – everybody citing consistency as one of the most important things in an offseason where so much is up in the air. At this point, though, Jimmy, when you look at when you look at backup quarterback – and the other position that has been maybe not maligned but oft-discussed in terms of the edge-rushing group, do you believe it is more important for them to explore backup quarterback options with the available money that they've freed up uh, even prior to Derrick Henry's extension, or do you think that that edge-rushing position is something that still needs pieces added?
1: Well, I, I like the edge rushing group. I mean, and, and we we haven't gotten to Clowney yet, and he's not. You know, he he's gonna he he's gonna play a number of spots if he ends up in Tennessee, and it kind of remains to be seen. Look way. at
0: you out here stoking the fire. I wasn't even gonna go <laughs> to Clowney, and you're out here. You're I'll out here. him a little bit.
1: <laughs> I'll figure would a hedge off of the pass there. Uh, but I, I I actually was working on the edge rushing group because uh, you know, that's running here soon, and you know, Beasley who I think still has some pop. Landry, who had nine sacks last year, slowed down, and a lot of that was because he played way too many snaps. He's going to be even better in year three. Correa finished the year strong. And then you've got a couple of intriguing guys, you know, in DeAndre Walker, who spent all last season on the IR, and Derek Roberson, who, when he played at the end of the year, kind of flashed. I think you can get – with either Walker or Roberson, maybe both. And I didn't mention Reggie Gilbert. I think you can get to four and feel pretty good and actually feel like that position's better than it was last year. Cameron Wake, you know, obviously brought great veteran influence, made an impact early, but kind of disappeared and then went on. I, I think as I look at that group, I think it's going to be better, no matter who else comes in and joins this team. If it's, you know, if it's a, a defensive end pass rusher like Clowney, if it's somebody else, I think the Titans can win with what they've got. At backup quarterback, you know, Logan Ryan – Logan Ryan – Logan Woodside.
0: Hey, maybe he takes a backup quarterback job at this point, Jimmy. <laughs> he's still hanging out out there.
1: So – but he's done everything they've asked him to do. I mean, he played well in the preseason. We got a chance last year. You know, when he went on IR, he worked in the meetings – you know, learned the offense, got a comfort level with the coaching staff. This offseason, he was the guy that guided the receivers and tight ends and some of these undrafted guys in Nashville and had throwing sessions with them. Couldn't do anything more. But we can't ignore the fact that he has not played in a regular season game. And and I think when you're looking at a situation uh, where if something should happen to Ryan Tannehill – or, God forbid, he should get the coronavirus and, and be quarantined for a couple of weeks, you're, all, you're not going into a situation like you had last year where Marcus Mario takes a step back and you've got a guy that has done it before. You're going in with a guy who's doing it for the first time. So I want to see Logan Woodside get a chance. I know the coaching staff and the, and the general manager want to see him get a chance. But, um, you know, as I look ahead to the season, I have more concerns at backup quarterback than I do at edge rusher at this point. It just makes
0: the the manipulation of the 53-man roster that much more interesting because you're right we we don't know how we don't know how roster construction is going to account for COVID. What happens if your starting quarterback god forbid or any you know your starting offensive line and then they're all in the same room together and a couple of guys get it and you're having to do you're having to shift around constantly on a week by week basis much less how you're going to figure out how to get the testing back fast enough to get these guys through a work week much less get us through a work week I, I i don't i don't again so many so many i wish we had more answers to this stuff because i feel like i've been talking about the same kind of questions for months at this point but there are there are no perfect solutions each solution creates more questions because of the way that things are going to be have to are going to have to be shifted around and and quarterback i mean it's hard enough to find 32 competent players at that position in the league much less any kind of depth at that position and the titans have two other guys right now that we're not really sure how much they can provide. I, I wanna, I wanna get you out of here on time. I don't want to keep you because I know. Yeah, and I,
1: I'm pretty good right now, Buck. I don't have anything. Uh, my text is not blowing up, so I'm not in a rush. I, I've got a pretty good day, so we can keep it, keep it rolling unless uh, a text runs going I cl- clap and get this bird that keeps making. I'm gonna say, who's whistling at you? Is that the UPS yeah, guy? I, The UPS driver might have hung around, but hung out in one of my ferns, I think. But
0: well, listen. The minute you get a text, you let me know, and we'll we'll wrap it up. Okay, we keep on rolling. Okay, so you you look at uh, back to back to the media conversation, Joe, because I'm you've been doing this for a long time, and media has changed very rapidly very quickly over the course of even even my short career. Like I've been doing this, I've been getting paid to do this for almost five years now, and the landscape feels totally different. Over the course of your career, the way that we've seen it evolve and the way that COVID is going to change media coverage, what's kind of been have you have you had any observations of this over the course of COVID-19, have you seen the way that kind of the coronavirus has exposed a lot of inefficiencies in the way that media coverage is provided? How, I guess, what are your initial observations? And then what concerns do you have for us as media, somebody who's been doing this for, for a considerable amount of time at this point?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, with everybody, you know, for this year access is going to be the biggest issue and it's not just going to be a Nashville, Tennessee, Tennessee Titans media core uh, situation. This is going to be across the league. I mean, I, I think, you know, people that do what we do, the, the what they gain the most is and op- by going into the locker room is an opportunity to talk to guys that as uh, you can get kind of behind the scenes stories on and, and kind of the under the radar guys that not everybody's chasing. You, you can build relationships with some of these players, and and through that you can get uh, you know a greater knowledge of, of their story and and you know what they're fighting for and and the struggles that they deal with on a regular basis. You know, I'm very well aware as I look at the, my list of the Titans draft class here. Um, that we, we're not going to have a situation, a taste of what they're like. We're not going to be able to do that this year. And um, I think that's the strength that everybody has and that they can build on is 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 getting people to know you and having uh, trust in you. I, I think you know, I work for the team now. Obviously, I've got a different set of uh, rules. And, and and people, maybe many players look at me a little bit different because they know – I'm not going to burn them, you know, because I work for the team. If I burn a guy or, or take something out of context or or try to go with unnamed sources and run down the website, I'm not working for TennesseeTitans.com anymore. I get fired. Uh, but I, as I work for the Tennessean, you know, one of the things I tried to do is try to build relationships with players, let them know, and I still do this today, but build relationships with players, let them know you're going to be fair to them. They may not like some of the things you're right. Uh, might not agree with some of the things you do, but you're going to be there every day. And if you write something they don't agree with, you're going to be standing in front of their locker for them to sound off on the very next day. I've had that happen to me. Everybody's had that happen to me that's been there long enough. And, and by that you develop trust and you develop an understanding with the guy. Uh, you know, this year is gonna be different because you're just not gonna be able to do that with players and, and that's the challenge. And uh, so I hope it's just a one-year deal for everybody because I think people are gonna lose a lot um, you know, by the restrictions that, um, that are affected by the coronavirus.
0: Well, and that's that's the thing. Like, what what little usefulness I serve within the Titans Media Corps, like I do, I do find great value in, like you're saying, being able to develop those relationships so you can tell the story of the people who you know fans are wanting to know you know it's it's uh, during during the course of the week that's our that's our job we're going to tell the story of the team we're going to tell the story of the season we're going to tell the story of the parties involved but also you know you're you're in a different situation right because you're you're they know that you're not going to burn them in a way that they're going to feel maybe I do but at least I'm going to approach a guy, whether that's Taylor Lewan or A.J. Brown or Corey Davis or Derrick Henry, whomever, and say, okay, this is, this is my opinion on the situation. This is how I am viewing this. Can you please explain to me what I'm missing here to when whenever I go on the podcast or the streaming show or on 104.5 and I'm talking about the situation and maybe that's going to, you know, maybe it's, help me inform my opinion to do my job better, and it allows them, I feel, the opportunity to feel like they can – even even if you're going to say something negative about the, the penalties that Lawan got in a game or Derrick Henry being contacted too often at the line of scrimmage, at least that allows them the opportunity to give their side, further form your opinion – and just kind of give better analysis on the whole. Like, I feel like I'm going to be worse at my job. I feel like we're all going to be a little worse at our jobs this year just because we don't have that ability.
1: Yeah, and you just have to make the best of what, what you've got. And, you know, people that are out there every day, reporters are out there every day. I mean, you, you do a good job of building relationship with players where they know you and they, and they trust you. And then, again, they may not like what you say or what you write all the time, but the fact that you're there and they can sound off on you if they want to, that in the long run, that's, that's progress. I mean, players hate – when somebody comes in writes a, you know, rip job story, and then they don't show up for a month. I mean, that happens. I mean, and, and now you're – Cowards, office. Jimmy. Name names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that – I've seen that happen plenty of times. But the thing about being in a locker room and being around these guys is you can work through some of that. And that's not going to happen, you know. Access at practice is going to be different. Access post-game is going to be different on the field axis before the game's going to be different. It's going to affect everybody. And, uh, you know, I, it's, it, I realize that and just going to try to make the best of it uh, during a time when, um, you know, fans are going to be wanting to get as much as they can get because they can't be there and they can't see a lot of this stuff in person. And um, But, you know, I just hope first that there is a season and we can manage this and have football and then – Everybody can kind of learn along the way. The last thing I want to see happen is, is, is try to get this thing started, done to work, and then the season's done because then, we, then we're really going to be struggling.
0: Uh, then your boy's out of a job, and I got much bigger issues, but this is a, a different conversation entirely. Uh, and, and really, we all lose. And even though Darren Bates is not on the roster at this point this year, we all lose by not seeing him feud with Paul Kaharski and things of that nature to get us through a week seven Wednesday. Uh, I, I have a, I have a baseball question for you. And then I have a personal question for you and we'll put a bow on this with Jim Wyatt of Tennessee Titans.com, at J Wyatt sports. Of course, it's where you follow him, not just on Twitter. Jimmy's got a pop and Instagram page too. That's where you can get more of his content. Uh, baseball, the way that it has been handled the 60 game season, uh, beginning on Thursday, by the time the people will hear this podcast, you, as a diehard baseball fan, how have you kind of viewed the way that baseball has gone about uh, dicking around an entire summer, summer, Jimmy, without any kind of progress? Like, I don't want to poison the well with my opinion, but I'm fired up about it. I can't imagine how you, what kind of frustrations you were experiencing because you couldn't get a regular season Dodgers game on television.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been frustrating. They missed a huge opportunity because massive. Yeah, the way things played out. I mean, they they should have, what's going to happen on Thursday should have started, you know, should have happened at least a month ago. And instead of having a 60 game season, you could have had a 90 game season and you could have won back a lot of people. Instead, I think they lost even more fans by the way this whole process played out. Uh, With all that said, you know, baseball is going to end up beating NBA back and end up beating the NHL back. And, and, uh, I've, you know, how starving I am for baseball. I've been watching, I've got the, you know, the, the Dodgers broadcast with DirecTV. I've had it since 1996. That's why I got DirecTV. I was three years old, Jim. <laughs> That's how long I've had my DirecTV account. And I got it so I could watch the Dodgers. So I get, I, I get to watch all their inner squad scrimmages that they've had over the last couple of weeks. I've watched their exhibition games over the last couple of days. Uh, They've slowly started to, uh, you know, put these cardboard cutouts of fans in the stands that make you feel a little bit better. I mean, at first it was depressing watching some of these inter-squad games at Dodger Stadium and there's nobody in the stands. And I have to say that the cardboard cutouts have helped to some degree. You know, Mary Hart – you're probably not old enough to remember Mary Hart. I know who she is, but she's got seats right behind, uh, you know, home plate, and she her cardboard cutout was there last night as I watched this exhibition game. Right, was-
0: fixtures in the stadium that have been there for years.
1: Yeah, so it was that was a little bit uh, that helped me a little bit, and they've got you know they got the crowd noise piped in. I know it's a little bit hokey, but I liked it. You know, they got the PA announcer playing the 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 you know the the person playing uh, you know the piano the in-house piano so it feels like baseball again even without the fans and for that I've already forgiven them for their uh, for the month, month of frustration. No, Jimmy,
0: you have to hold on to it. You have to hold on to it. He can't he can't let them off the hook that easy. But no, I'm so the
1: fact that there's opening days, closing in. Moogie Betts has now got a new contract. There's baseball again. All the bad stuff I said about the process, (laughs) I somewhat apologize for because uh, that's how starving I am for sports. No,
0: I know we all are. And I I can't – even I'm not petty enough to be pissed at baseball. I just – I – and because I have like a, li- a little bit of a pre existing history with baseball, I want it back. But you're right, like, there, there is a ton of reasons for people my age and younger to not care about baseball at all because they just, it's not in the consciousness, other than you turn on SportsCenter at any given point this summer and they're bickering about money in a time when it is not a good look to be bickering about money among billionaire owners and multi million dollar athletes. But that's a conversation for another day. Final one for you, Jim, and I, I I would never I would never seek to purposefully shame you other than this because I discovered this the other day. It's been five years now since I've known you, Jimmy, since I moved to Nashville. Why the hell don't you follow me on Twitter? That hurts, I do, Jim. I, I do follow you on that's, Twitter. Yeah. No, you don't. Nope. I do. I, you do I'm, not, Jim I'm, Wyatt.
1: I'm most I'm certain I do. I'm a you do not. Cat that's, cat a, that's the first time in your life you've lied. If I'm blind, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not on purpose. Let me just... I
0: saw that the other day, and I was livid. John Glennon held out on me for a year. John Glennon now of Broadway Sports, TN. John Glennon held out long enough to see if I was worth following. He told this to my face. But I thought better of you, Jimmy. This is pettiness <laughs> I expect from Kaharski, Glennon, but not you. You're the good one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me look here. Look at Buck Rising.
0: It's not true. following jim i swear Uh, you want to see what just popped up on my screen I just just followed me back uh, just
1: now (laughs) jimmy i don't know i don't know how uh uh, neglected no for so long but
0: no and and i I don't even care under most circumstances but i i was like you know i thought me and jimmy were good like it's not you know it's petty it's super millennial for me to get upset about who's (laughs) not following me on twitter but i saw that
1: i'm like shit jim what Wait, I thought we were boys. <laughs> That's an oversight because I see a lot of your stuff. I guess it's because a lot of your stuff gets retweeted, but I'm now officially following you on Twitter. I apologize. I have not done it before now.
0: No, it's, it's the first time you've lied to me, Jim, and let it never happen again. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel I've been deeply betrayed. Jim Wyatt of TennesseeTitans.com, at Wyatt Sports is where you follow him. He may not follow you back, but you can follow him there. <laughs> Jimmy, I appreciate you hanging out with me, buddy. I, I hope to see you soon, and it was good to chat.
1: Okay, appreciate it, Buck. Have a great day.
0: Okay, five good minutes on this Thursday having to do with a story coming from CNN, of all places. Now, typically, this would make most of you cringe, make most of you turn off your podcast apps But it does have to do with the sports world. And even better, I've got a local tie for you. Jets owner Woody Johnson is being investigated for alleged racist and sexist comments. This is the headline on ESPN.com. New York Jets owner Woody Johnson was under investigation by a State Department watchdog, which I add parenthetically is hugely concerning anytime you're under investigation by the State Department following allegations that he made racist and sexist comments while serving as an ambassador to the United Kingdom and sought to have the Open Championship played at a golf resort owned by President Donald Trump, according to a CNN report on Wednesday. So what does this have to do with any of your favorite local sports teams, you might be asking yourself? Well, I will tell you, first and foremost, because this is not an outside, obviously, all of us here are listening to this, Understand that racism and sexism are deeply wrong. But how this relates to sports, and in particular, the Tennessee Titans. Because for a long time, the Tennessee Titans were maligned as an organization. Maligned as an organization because they couldn't, one, they were terrible on the field. But more importantly, and more importantly for this conversation, their ownership was Bad, if not some of the worst in the league. In fact, there was a time, and I remember it well because it happened right as I moved down here at a college to Nashville, there was a time when the NFL could not even identify the Tennessee Titans controlling owner because there wasn't one. It was split amongst the Adams family after Bud Adams passing and even in the waning age of Bud Adams and really even throughout the tenure of Bud Adams. The ownership of Bud Adams, and then subsequently what came after, was regarded as not great. The Tennessee Titans were regarded as a cheap organization in the idea that they would not pay their free agents, their top-tier players, could not retain their own talent because Bud Adams wanted to cut corners. Hell, even when it came down to the team website, which as we just had Jimmy Wyatt from TennesseeTitans.com, Bud Adams did not want to pay the money that would be required to purchase TennesseeTitans.com instead opting for Titans online because, as we discussed, ownership was cheap. Now what does this have to do with Woody Johnson allegedly being a racist and a sexist? Bad teams stay bad because of bad ownership. You can have good players, you can have good talent on your roster, you can have good coaching and good leadership in the front office throughout. But if your owner of these professional sports teams, whether that be the Titans, the Jets, the Predators, whomever that might be, it can completely poison the well of your organization in a way that is insurmountable. You can have as many first-round draft picks as the Jets and for example the Browns have had, but if you have bad ownership your management will be, it will be reflected in that way. Woody Johnson is a great example of this. And Woody Johnson is somebody who the Jets, I mean, the Jets are who the Jets are. Like, the Jets haven't been good since the 80s, I think is the last time, maybe Chad Pennington is the last competent quarterback that they've had. But they do things like hire Adam Gase, who is renowned at this point for being a terrible NFL head coach because Peyton Manning told Woody Johnson that Adam Gase was the guy. Now, in theory, you should be able to take Peyton Manning's word as law but if that's the only vetting of a job candidate that you do when he has had previous examples of failure at other nfl teams much less another nfl team within your own division if you're the jets this is how things precipitate woody johnson is a bad owner now woody johnson may also be a bad person according to this report by CNN, but this is how you should view Amy Adam Strunk as controlling owner of the Tennessee Titans through this prism. The Titans are regarded as one of the better organizations in professional football right now for one reason at its core. That's because Amy Adam Strunk took the reins probably five years ago, right around the time that I got down here, and totally reshaped this team, this franchise, this organization in her image hired guys like John Robinson, hired Mike Vrabel, allowed those guys to do their jobs within the scope of their responsibilities and did not meddle in a way, Jerry Jones, looking at you, you lizard-faced coward, that many owners tend to do. Woody Johnson is a classic example of bad ownership. The Jets stay bad because Woody Johnson continues to have control of that franchise. Dan Snyder and the Washington racial slurs, or whatever their new name will be, are another example of this. Amy Adams Strunk, for the Titans, and for the Titans fans, many of you listening to this, helped turn this team around. And it's because she understood how how her father had done this job, how her brother had done this job poorly, even though he might be a nice guy in Kenneth Adams, and totally changed the direction, the course that this franchise was on in, in a way that now has them competing for AFC titles and In theory, if they are to advance to the final game, a Super Bowl in the near future. We will see where these expectations lead. But in the meantime, that's five good minutes on this Thursday. Shouts to Jim Wyatt of Titans Online for previewing Titans training camp with us. We will have much more Titans coverage on the horizon as we slowly seep back into some kind of normalcy with football Taking place. Shouts to you guys who rate, review, and subscribe to the Six One Five Sessions podcast in the A to Z Sports Podcast Network, where you can get my podcast. You can get the Big Orange Podcast on Mondays, the Tighten Up Podcast every Wednesday. All you got to do is rate, review, and subscribe to our lovely podcast network, and make sure you're leaving five stars in the reviews. Like that's all I really want. I want five stars. I want you to say nice things about me. And hell, you don't even have to say nice things about me as long as you leave a five star review. We will be happy to accept those wherever it is that you get your podcast. I'm going to get out of here and I will talk to you next week when football, in theory, is back in full swing. In the meantime, I need you to stay clean, stay safe, and stay hot, Nashville. This has been the 615 Sessions Podcast, powered by Tennessee Tickets. Brought to you, as always, by A to Z Sports and A to Z SportsNashville.com.